Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gems podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jake. And I am the other half, Brayden. And together, we make the Gems podcast, a podcast about Nintendo video games, where we talk about a new game and a classic Gem every single week. That's right. We have a fresh take on the new release of Paper Mario the Origami King this week. And we figured we'd stay on theme with the Nintendium. Uh, we'll be bringing you some conversation on Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube. So stay tuned for that later in the show. Um, Brayden, have you been playing anything other than Paper Mario? You know, so this is also a bit of a teaser for perhaps a potential future episode. But I have been getting into the Super NES classic Chrono Trigger. Uh, I actually have a copy for it for the DS. It was re-released. And so I have been touching on that. It's a bit of a hint hint at a Nintendium that might be down the road. I don't have much to say on it yet, um, but I, I've put some decent time into it. So if you're a fan of Chrono Trigger or have never heard of it, stay tuned and I'll bring you some news on it later. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah, me too. It's, it's interesting so far. Uh, I honestly, other than games that are not Switch related that I've been working on for for my job, the only Nintendo game I've been playing is Paper Mario. So I guess without further ado, let's just hop right in. Let's definitely do it. That is certainly the, the hot topic in the Nintendo sphere right now. So we've talked about Paper Mario a little bit in the past. We haven't done it as an Nintendium, have we? No. None of them, I mean... We have not touched the Paper Mario series on this podcast before. Okay, so I know we had an episode in the past when we were a little bit more news-centric where we talked about the announcement, so I'm not sure how much we went into detail about our history with the series then, but I I love the Paper Mario series. It's kind of a favorite of yours, isn't it? Yeah, I would consider Paper Mario the series of games that made me a quote-unquote gamer. Really? Yeah. I guess, I guess story time. I, again, a little, a little bit of pre-Paper Mario Origami King talk. Again, this will show my age because I'm a little, little baby. Um, but when I was a kid, my dad used to take me to Blockbuster Video to rent a game every week because sure. I did Taekwondo, like a really cool kid. Mm-hmm. And once a week, I got to rent a new game. Or once, I think it was once a week, but you know, they lasted like five days or whatever. Oh yeah, um, the good old days. That was so fun. Right, and this was during the GameCube era. Um, and so I would rent a new GameCube game every week. I have some pretty fond memories of some weird games that I might talk about eventually in the future that I like remember renting and have never touched since. Um, but like there, I have the memory of them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and just that was the perk of being able to rent a game is you pay five bucks, play it for a couple of days and decide, Hey, this is really weird. Or, Hey, this is a favorite and you can pick it up later. Like yeah, Blockbuster, we miss you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> um, but so basically, I walked in one day, and I have the vivid memory. I don't remember like the whole memory, but I distinctly remember walking in the GameCube aisle and seeing Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna get this one," mm-hmm. which is weird because I don't remember the rest of that day. Yeah. I don't remember what my dad said. I don't remember what happened right after that. But I have that. You know, sure. five second memory, like in like I can see it. I can see the inside of it was either Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. I think I think it actually might have been Hollywood Video, but so I can like I can see that vividly. Mm-hmm. Basically, after like four weeks of renting that game again, my dad said, "Why don't I just buy you this game? Because you're just you clearly just you've been renting the same game for like four weeks." So he did, and uh, I fell in love with Thousand Year Door, 
And I really think that the Thousand Year Door is the game that made me go, maybe this is more than just a passing hobby. Because, you know, that was when I was like five or something. Mm -hmm. So it's that time where, like I said, I was in Taekwondo. I was playing like Little League Baseball. It was the time where, you know, you decide what you like, not just what your parents are for sure putting on you. And I really think Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door is what made me go, I want video games to be like my thing. As lame as that might sound. No, that's definitely like a valuable story to your gaming history. Like, that's pretty cool. Right. So, well, I actually have, I don't know if I'll keep this in, but funny enough. So Hollywood video, it was five minutes from my house growing up. Um, I'm five years older than Jake and therefore had the opportunity to play Paper Mario for the N64 upon its release. I kept Paper Mario for the N64 for so long from Hollywood that the late charges grew to the cost of the game. And so we just ended up buying it from Hollywood. Really? And yeah. And so we have a Hollywood video copy of Paper Mario. Wow. Yeah. it's That's a little close to home. That's pretty right. good. Uh, did you go to the Hollywood video? With Game Crazy? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. We might have crossed paths Ooh. all those years ago. I don't know you if we're going to keep like this a in. melee tournament or anything. No, I was never that big into it, but I do remember I would always go into game crazy. I have a, I don't know if you've seen it. I have it in the attic. I have a Yoshi topsy turvy, like display, like uh-huh. my cardboard thing. And I got it from that game crazy because I was looking at it and Yoshi was what has always been like my favorite Mario character. And the guy was like, we're about to throw that away. You can just keep that. Is it the rectangular cardboard one or is it like an actual stand? It's, it's not a big one, but it's smaller and it's got Yoshi and he like moves. That's so cool. We yeah. definitely have some cardboard standups from game crazy. <laughs> uh, and some of them are from the DS era where like, they're just basically cardboard. They look like cereal boxes, mm-hmm. but it has like the art on it. Dude, I miss those days. Stores don't get cool stuff like that anymore. Because, no. I mean, I've worked at GameStop and Target. And you would think GameStop would. The closest thing that GameStop gets to that are those, like, the big rectangles. I'm sure you've seen them. They, like, stack on top of each other. And they just have one side has, like, the cover of the game. The other side says, like, pre-order Doom Eternal to right. get this and this. Or Doom Eternal on March something something coming mm-hmm. out. You know, that's the closest thing you get. And then you just have big posters. Right. But even the posters, like, in hind- like. Back in the day, I thought those posters were really cool, but now I look at them and their half of the poster is like GameStop Power Rewards, <laughs> pre-order to get this, and it's like eh, I don't really want that, right? You know, but that that whole cardboard standee is just a, a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. But we have gotten on such a big tangent. I don't know if this will be kept in or not, but thousand year door. Yes, but the point is, Paper Mario has been in both of our lives for a very long time and is a an important series to me. And I know you at least really like those Absolutely. older games. Have you played through and beaten Thousand Year Door? Yes. Okay. I've completed the first two in the series. I have also played through Super Paper Mario for the Wii, which I don't know where you were heading with this conversation. Super Paper Mario was a departure from the other two that had come before it. Right. And I was gonna. I was just going to say, uh, stay tuned for at least the first three games. Because I definitely want to make those gems, and we will have full conversations about N64 Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, and Super Paper Mario. Absolutely. But I think I know where you were going with that, is Super Paper Mario was a quite the departure for, from the series. Um, it still had some similarities to the first two games, but it ditched the kind of RPGs mechanics. It totally tossed away any turn-based combat. Right. Um, and it just kind of grew further and further away from there. And so people really like the first two games people 
are mixed about Super Paper Mario, but it's generally positive right. online. And people really, really, really hate Sticker Star, the game on the 3DS. And also, people are mixed about Color Splash on the Wii U, but it's unlike Super Paper Mario, where it's kind of the consensus is more positive. For um, Color Splash, it is the consensus is kind of more negative. Right, right. So, all of that has happened. People are fans of Paper Mario, but it's never, at least for me, I wasn't sitting around being like, oh, when's the Switch Paper Mario game going to come out? Right. I don't know. It just, I wasn't thinking about it. Probably because the past few games have been kind of duds. So, but. I had given up on the series. Right. Personally. Two months ago, you can listen to our whole episode about it. We spend probably 30 minutes just analyzing the like two minute trailer that dropped. (laughs) Out of nowhere, uh, a trailer for Paper Mario Origami King on the Switch dropped and the internet exploded. Um, everyone was going, including us, like I said, you can listen. Is this it? Is it the return of the series? Uh, it looks like we've got unique characters again and interesting story. And we haven't really seen the combat, but there's a good chance it could be RPG again. Right. And hopes, hopes were high. And here we are. I guess let's get right into it. I'm curious to know, what is your what are your thoughts on the game? Like, how, how do you feel about it? So I'm going to start off positive. For me, it is just plain fun. The ring combat, which is the new kind of sliding puzzle gimmick, which takes place on what appears to be like a dartboard-type platform, um, it's actually pretty neat. And whoever came up with the concept, I grant them kudos, because like it's cool, it's neat and fun, and actually genuinely difficult, because my brain does not seem to work in the right kind of geometry kind of pattern recognition you know kind of way and so the combat is difficult but it does not feel like I suffer any repercussions when I do fail the puzzle which is what I'll call it a puzzle it's not combat of any sort it's I feel like I'm solving a puzzle so it's a very easy game so far I have not managed to die how far are you I have cleared two of the five streamers that are holding Peach's castle up. Okay. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that was in the trailer. Right. That, uh, the Origami King captured uh, Princess Peach's castle with massive streamers, like birthday party streamers, yeah. and lifted it up in the air, and you have to destroy all these streamers to free the castle. Um, so I've destroyed two of the five streamers. What about okay. you? I am on the fourth streamer. Wow. So, yeah. So I am... I don't want to say significantly past you. I'm... On the verge of destroying the last streamer. Sure. And is your mind numb from the repetitive puzzle playing yet? Dude, I am surprised to hear what you just said because I love almost everything about this game. Okay. Like, I really, really, really like this game. Yes. Um, one thing I will say about Paper Mario and the Origami King is I don't think this game is worth playing, obviously, for the combat. Uh, I don't think it's great. I find myself avoiding combat when I don't have to do it. But I genuinely love the story so much and the moments so much that it is worth putting up with the combat. Like, in droves for me. A game has not made me laugh this much. I don't know. You probably haven't made it here yet. Um, A scene made me cry. This game has made me cry, like oh. genuine emotion, like not like laugh so hard I cry, but like I shed a tear because something sad happens. I think I know what happened. Do you want to pop what? 
So you've seen that? Yeah. Oh, it was so sad. Dude, that was crazy. I was like, no. I'm kind of waiting. I, I almost, if I turned it on right now, that might be like where I am. Mm -hmm. Like, that was so cool. So that's, again, like I was saying, it's, it makes me laugh consistently. There have been genuine moments of emotion. And the one that we, that I was saying that made me shed a tear, which is kind of, I don't know, midway through towards the beginning. That's not the only one. It's the only one that's made me shed a tear. But um, there are other moments that I've encountered that are like, oh, wow, emotion. You know, um, you're totally right. And you are making me feel very guilty for starting with my negative points <laughs> because I'm just going to go ahead and agree with you that the charm that you expect out of a Paper Mario game is 100% there. It's such smart, intelligent, almost dark humor at times. You can tell that they tried to make it fun for kids and adults because, as you said, I've laughed out loud. And I have nothing negative to say about the story or the setting at all so far. That has been pure enjoyment for me. Now, did you see the interview with the like Paper Mario like team and the like series director that came out like a week or two ago? I did not. So it was some website game industry biz or Eurogamer or something interviewed the like series director or someone who's a big person in the Paper Mario series. Mm -hmm. And um, he basically confirmed that the RPG stuff is never gonna come back, or at least that's what it sounded like. And then he also said that for some reason, they aren't really ever going to do very much outside of the Mario formula that's already set up. You know what I mean? How the first two games had these crazy different locations and these super unique characters. Right. Uh, he basically said they're not going to do that anymore for one reason or another because they want it to be less of its own game and more of a Mario spinoff. Right. Hence why all of the unique characters other than the Origami King and like Olivia mm -hmm. are just toads and just Goombas. And, play. and they have like personality but they don't really have unique character designs. Or names or, even. Right. Whereas characters in the previous games had had incredibly unique backstories and, of course, their own names and, dare I say, their own attacks. Yeah. Um, Getting back into the, right. the neg <laughs> negativity of the combat. But so, you know, we basically have confirmation that, I mean, obviously it didn't happen in this game and it probably is going to happen again. And if they keep doing what they've done with this game, honestly, I might be okay with that. Because... The toads are all hilarious. Um, and there are little like moments where they there's there's ones with personality. Like there is a toad you'll meet when you're in the third streamer that's like a DJ and he's really funny. Mm -hmm. Um during the fourth one, there's like there's a toad <laughs> you know Captain Toad? Yeah. There's a toad that's like quote unquote ancient, and his name is like Captain Toad. Like, they spell it really weird. Right. Um, but it's just like Captain Toad. He's really funny. I heard him referenced um, somewhere, I think. Yeah. I think they, somebody mentioned him in-game. Yeah, they do. And then he and he's really funny. Your kind of companion for the third streamer is pro a Professor Toad, and he's great. So all I'm saying is, do I miss what we used to have? Yes. Because even thinking, like, the Thousand-Year Door had so many creatures that were its own. It invented Mario characters. I'm, my mind is, I'm thinking about it again. It's being blown. Like, all the, like ghost ladies you know that were like enemies Absolutely. and those little like gray gray i'm this is people are gonna call me fake fans because i'm not remembering their names but you remember the little like gray like dudes 
They were the bugs, the insects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lived in the tree. And there was, like, the brother that, like, followed you around, and there was, yeah. like, the sister. Yeah. And then the enemies for that game were, like, the Axnauts, you know, and they were just their own thing. Incredibly, um, yeah. Right. And we're just not going to get that anymore. And that makes me sad. It makes me even more sad now that I'm remembering all of that. But, um... <laughs> I, I don't know. They, they've done a fantastic job writing the variations of the Toads and the Goombas and sure. the Koopas. Have you found any of the, like, hidden cafes? I found one, and I guess I didn't realize that maybe it's a regular occurrence that I'm going to find more. Yeah, there's, like, all these... There's I, th- I think there's probably one in, like, every little, like, world. And, yeah, you go in there, and there's just, like traditional mario enemies which in this game we haven't really gone into the story but basically all the bad guys have been folded into origami enemies and so all the paper people like just straight up paper even if they are traditional enemies they're all kind of just good guys now because everyone's fighting against the origami menace so you find these like cafes where the like enemies go and hang out and the, <laughs> the baristas like probably shouldn't be serving you but you know welcome come sit down and then there's like three like enemies just like bantering with each other like there's just so much like it feels like a real world and these characters are so well written like all of them and like they're very small amounts of games where i can say every single character you talk to is going to be written well nobody has a throwaway like even there's so many characters that you meet so many toads where literally you can tell their whole purpose is just to be like remember that if you press x you can see the menu but even in that they somehow cleverly say that right you know in a way that will make you laugh you can tell they worked really hard on all the scripting and i imagine they had to have done a lot of localizing i don't know how much of that would translate oh, from japanese you know over to english there were, there, so, the localization team definitely deserves a lot of credit because yeah. very little humor translate from ja- translates directly from japanese to english or vice versa well so i guess i don't know i've gushed for a, a while about this but all that to be said, I love this game almost just because of its story and its story beats. And I think, literally, if you have any interest in the Mario series, let alone the Paper Mario series, I, I would say this game is a must-play. That This is my hot take. For that alone, a must-play. Like, is worth $60. I did not get a review code for this game. I bought it with my own money. Yeah, I don't regret it at all. I'm having a blast. Shoot, I am so torn right now. I really am, because I am having a blast as well, but I feel like I overpaid. Mm. I feel like, come holiday season, this is going to be on an equivalent to like Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, where it's a kind of gimmicky game, and so it's going to go on sale for... You don't think so? No way. Because Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle goes on sale because it's an Ubisoft published game. Right, right, So, right. Game, like, the lowest you'll see this is 40 bucks. Like, first-party Nintendo games never drop below 40 bucks. You're right. You're right. I just... Okay, so let's... Can we talk some more gameplay mechanics? Absolutely. Though? What do you think about the confetti? Oh, dude, tell I like... Me, tell me about the confetti and then what do you think about it? I like... Okay, so the confetti... Uh, basically, the world has been kind of torn to shreds by the origami people. They kind of go through and are just ripping things up. Probably in the in-game canon, they're ripping pieces out of the paper world to create their... Their origami. origami. Full new creations. Right. Um, so as you travel around, the world is just full of all these holes. And probably also as a result of 
the origami people or the what they're doing. The world is just full of confetti. Everything that you can hit in this game, it basically leaks confetti. Yeah, you know, when you beat an enemy, they explode into confetti mm-hmm. and coins. Shake a tree, confetti. Right. Break a rock, confetti. Exactly. And so, yeah, basically you go around and by pressing ZR, LR, you throw confetti and you just fill up these holes. And it really doesn't serve much of a purpose other than uh, checkbox for a lot of places. There are definitely some places where it's like, oh, you have to make it to this place, but there's a big hole, so fill it up with confetti. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so minimal, I don't dislike it. Uh, I honestly think it's kind of satisfying. I like it. I think they could have done a little more with it for having a whole mechanic behind it. Right. Um, so I, I'm not, I am only about halfway compared to you, it sounds like. I think yeah. you're about twice as far as I am. So far, I just don't feel like the, the confetti has changed the game at all. It would be the same game without it uh, with, like you said, basically just a different set of checkboxes. Right. Pretty much. I would agree with you. I do like that. Uh, I, I imagine you get more colors, but I do like that you can change the color of the confetti. Oh, yeah. I have the cherry blossom petals. Right. That's kind of nice. I honestly think that's the only one. Because if you look at that little thing, there's only like six like little accessories and that fills in one of the box. I think that's oh, the only no. one. Because I, I, mean, I don't have any more. Shoot. But yeah, I don't know. I think the confetti, I, I find it satisfying. Confetti's everywhere. Sure. And I don't know, take that with a grain of salt for me because I'm a, I'm a big fan of checkbox games. Um, I like nothing more than booting up a Far Cry game and turning off my brain and just clearing the map. 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Exactly. So I find it satisfying for that reason, sure. basically. But yeah, I like that little mechanic. And I guess I'll, I'll use that to, to transition. You talked about how the combat is, is puzzly. Um, there's also a lot of puzzles just in the overworld. What do you think about, about any of those? I'll start with, so do you remember the traditional tile puzzle? Where in the traditional puzzle, there's nine squares, but only eight pieces. And so you have an empty space yes. to slide. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am so bad at those. I paid a buku amount of coins to just skip that puzzle. <laughs> yeah. um, I was not, I, I, any game, I really, I, I have to use all my hints for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at those. It's a similar puzzle to what the combat is. Right. So I'm getting my bearings on it, but I do miss a decent amount of, right. of the perfect lineups. Yeah. I don't know. I really, I, I like the puzzles in the open world. They're, again, yeah, I'm not great at them. Sometimes I have to look up solutions or just rack my brain about them. But I I think they're clever. I think it gives a good thing to do outside of battle. As far as in the battle, I haven't really talked about it. But um, I'm very similar to you where um, I either nail it immediately or I'm like, well, I'm just going to brute force through this. Right. You know what I mean? But have you noticed... Have you gone to the battle like training, lab? the battle lab? Yeah. Um, they'll give you an item where you can turn it on and it tells you where to put them. I just got that item. And is that basically just an easy mode? Yeah, but I, I haven't turned it on yet, but Me I keep either. thinking about it uh-huh. because every time I get into a battle and I just don't know what to do, I'm like, <sighs> because I knew it's just going to take twice as long mm-hmm. as if I could just line them up. Right, um, right. But I don't know. I would say that. It's definitely interesting because when, so in writing my review, um, I have to put down like the genre and I put action adventure puzzle, you know, I think it's definitely, you, I, I think it needs to be known that I, I would call this a puzzle game. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, the combat, I would still say it feels like combat to me because of the like traditional action Paper commands. Mario action commands, yeah, button prompts that you do. So I would say it still feels like combat to me a little bit because of that. And because, you know, you can change your gear and you can get different kinds of boots and hammers so it still feels kind of combat-y to me sure but it's definitely i would say it's definitely more puzzle than combat but um 
I like it, but sometimes I feel like it could be a bit much, which is why I mentioned earlier, I'll avoid combat whenever really it's not necessary. Unless I'm like really low on coins, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't really happen much. I really don't dislike it. It's a style of puzzle that I've never played before. And I, I don't know if there's a Japanese equivalent or anything like that, but it's really interesting and super fun and very satisfying when you solve it. But it it just seems like so much of the same over and over. And, and it's, it's cool. They are still incorporating new powers for the enemies. Like I have to, I am having to change tactics, I guess, which is props to them. You know, now I'm being forced to use items to, to keep enemies from escaping and things like that. But it's still, it doesn't really add up to a fully fleshed out combat system to me. I miss the badges and the flower points and how they worked in conjunction to, you could almost make different types of builds. If you just wanted to build a health Mario, you could do that. If you wanted to build a mana flower power, yeah, <laughs> Mario, um, you could do that. So yeah, what I'm getting is you miss the you miss the RPG mechanics. I, I guess so. And you know, I'm not going to say that there is, I, I feel like there's no Paper Mario fan that doesn't miss them. Mm-hmm. Because would I rather have the RPG mechanics back? Absolutely. Because that's why I don't like that I have to avoid. The combat is the one thing holding it back. This, uh, but, I, I pretty much settled. Go ahead. Well, but I'll stop you there because the combat is good. It is fun. It is fine. I'm just, I'm I'm still settling into the fact that what I was hoping for is not reality. Right. And yeah, I would say, yeah, the combat is anywhere between good and fine because any combat that I feel like I actively avoid and sometimes when I'm like smashing a rock to try and get coins and then there's an enemy in it and it jumps me and I go, ugh. Right. Like that shouldn't be happening. Uh Um, So one of the reasons that combat might feel as tedious as it does is we've kind of mentioned when you kill enemies, your rewards are confetti, which normally you don't ever really need um, any more of. I mean, because it's just everywhere. You have plenty. Yeah. And coins. Coins you do need. Yeah. Um, but it isn't really progression. It isn't like the older games or a traditional RPG where you kill an enemy and you get experience and Mario gets stronger. You know, it's not, it's not like that. Right. It is story-driven power upgrades. You gain health at certain checkpoints throughout the story. And so there's very little customization, I guess. Well, and it- there's and there's also hidden hearts that you can find sure. um, that also don't increase as much as certain points do. But mm-hmm. there are definitely times that are... There are definitely a few hearts in different places that are missable right. that increase your max XP and your um, power. Power. Yeah, so, and then also, so that's one way you level up. And then also by collecting new equipment, you also get more powerful through that. Um, And through the accessories, which are kind of like badges, but not, where you get accessories that you can equip that give you more health during battles, give you more time to finish the puzzles, uh, reduce damage from enemies, and have other perks. Right. And the distinction between the equipment and the accessories are that the equipment as Jake mentioned earlier, are the boots and the hammers, basically the attack functions that Mario has. They play very actually similarly to the previous Paper Mario games, but they are disposable. You have one hammer and a pair of boots that don't break, but then after a certain amount of uses, your super powerful shiny iron boots will break. Right. Whereas the accessories, they are just permanent inventory fixtures right. to turn on and off yeah so those i also kind of consider progression mm. you know what i mean 
So there's that, and it's not perfect. Like I said, would I prefer a leveling system? Absolutely. Um, not going to get it. Obviously, we don't have it. So that kind of sucks, but I'm fine with what we have. You sure. know what I mean? And again, it's so weird because I talk about this, and it's like, do I like the combat? Almost not really. There are all these issues. But I'm telling you, man, like the story is so powerful, and I'm enjoying it so much right. that my my perception of this game is so overwhelmingly positive sure like i've settled already on like my official review i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten uh-huh. which um most places are settling between a six and a seven five mm-hmm. you know which i get completely understand yeah i'm just i'm enjoying the story so so much that it makes all of these criticisms that i have just kind of feel null and void i can actually agree with you i have genuinely enjoyed every second of my playtime. I, again, just going back to what could have been, but that's just a personal problem, I think. Do you mind if I jump into one last mechanic? Yeah. Uh, What do you think of the boss battles? I was just about to say, uh, I genuinely love the boss battles. Uh, I think they're much more enjoyable than the normal combat. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a great time. Each of them kind of has a gimmick where the boss is seemingly invincible. Right. um, And you kind of have to figure out oh, I have to go behind them and hit them with the hammer or I have to wait until they've overused their ability and then strike or, mm-hmm. oh, this boss puts holes in the ground or this boss puts flaming... Uh, rings on the board. Rings. Exactly. And honestly, I really enjoy it. So I guess I kind of skipped over what it actually is. Um, in ma- the main combat, like you mentioned earlier, Mario is in the middle and you're fighting enemies that are surrounding him. In this one, the boss is in the middle, Mario's on the outside, and you have to spin the wheel in a way that will get Mario to the center or to an attack to damage the boss. And it is basically as complex as it sounds. Um, It takes a little bit of finagling um, circle rotation, Mm -hmm. and then you can do the the across the board. I didn't realize you could do that on the boss (laughs) battle. I didn't either. And so like... I, I think it was halfway through my second boss battle fight. I was like... Dude, I still never use it. Well, but it made it so much easier. Really? Yeah, yeah. I felt like I could just line everything right up. I don't know. But I just forgot that I could do that. Right. But yeah, I uh, I really like the boss fights. I like them a lot more than normal combat. I don't know. I really like them. I like figuring out the gimmick. I think all of the bosses have been really interesting so far. Mm-hmm. Funny. Some, some of them, the actual origami king bosses, I think have all been really funny so far. Right. You're fighting a bunch of craft supplies. You fought the earth velumptual or whatever, right? Velumental. Velumental. Okay. Which, do you know what velum is? No. It's like animal skin with, that you ride on. Oh, it's really? It's like, yeah, they used to make like scrolls and stuff. You oh, know what I mean? It's like, yeah, so it's a, it's a, a nice little pod. play on words there. Velamental. Yeah. Um, do you just have the earth one or? I have two. Okay, so you have the water one as well? Yes. Okay, I've got four. Right. So I think there's only four. Is there more than four? I was just basing it off the five streamers. So I have no oh, idea. Oh, there might be another one, but I don't know. I just got the fourth one. Mm-hmm. So um, those are also bosses. They're kind of dungeons on the side that you find that help you fight the main origami menace. But though you also fight those as bosses. And I've genuinely enjoyed all of them. Yeah, they've been pretty fun. I like the, how they managed to differentiate from the normal combat. It It really does feel genuinely different starting from the outside of the ring from starting in the middle. they it It is a totally different puzzle mechanic. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. 
you know, something that we haven't really touched on, if you're okay with moving on from the boss fights, mm-hmm. is uh, the music in this game is really, really good. And I also think the graphics, like, just, I guess, the presentation as a whole, sure. I think is really good. And the music, the graphics, uh, I'm loving it. Definitely a lot of Nintendo polish here, uh, especially with the going back to the scripting and everything, but the, the graphics are crisp and the colors are so bright. Mm-hmm. Even just the, the confetti is enough to, to brighten the screen. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's fun. I... In particular, the Shogun Studios. Dude, that music was so good. Dude, my I, favorite track so far is Toad Town. Like, really good. So, th- like, the thing, I listen to a lot of video game music as I study, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't wait till I can find this online yeah. so I can put Toad Town music and the museum music, which the museum music is just the Toad Town music, but, like, on a classical piano. So cool. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, like, I can't wait to be in my coffee shop of choice doing, writing my essay for Uh xx class listening to this song you know what i mean absolutely yeah great music that nintendo polish man i i gotta give it to him talking to you i hate to be just such a a wishy-washy but i mean you know i paid 45 dollars for this game after some discounts and things like that and i would definitely if you can get it for 45 dollars definitely do it you know, I've moved up from my $30 range, I think, at the beginning of this discussion. But um, 60 I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like enough game for me. I don't know. I'm loving it. Uh, I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm kind of treating it as like an adventure game, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and more as, you know... I, I think it, the value of the game really depends on what you're expecting going in. Yeah. I think if you haven't played the game at this point, you have a whole leg up on all the rest of us mm-hmm. because pretty much all of us went in. I mean, I think by the time the game launched, we knew the RPG mechanics weren't there, right. but we were still kind of going in with that in mind, hoping it would be something close to that. Mm-hmm. And now you have the benefit of listening to us talk about it, listening to all these other podcasters, reading all of the reviews. And so I think if you go in knowing what to expect, you'll you'll find you'll your definitely, mind. Definitely, yeah. If the story sounds good enough to you for the $60, which like I said, was worth every penny to me, then I, I think it's worth $60 because I'm, I am I cannot stress you, dude. I literally play video games for a living, which sounds amazing, but um, dude, it gets jaded. Uh, there are so <laughs> many, uh, there are so many games that I play through and some things will like me smile. Yeah. Some things, you know, I enjoy it. It's a good story. It's boring. It's a bad story. Deadly Premonition 2. <laughs> um, and so having a game where I'm consistently laughing and mm-hmm. smiling and really just getting Wanna so... finish it. Exactly. Getting so much out of it. Like, it, maybe maybe I'm just jaded. And so getting this has just made me love it so much. Sure. But um, I definitely feel like I'm one of the Origami King's biggest defenders on the internet right Good, now. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm, I'm with you. Uh... Olivia, your sidekick in the game, I guess she's worth $60 alone. She's, it's I like, love her. She's she's so cute. Phenomenal. It's like spending like all your time with Isabel from Animal Crossing, yes. basically. That's who she reminds me of. Yeah, but I can see so that. She's so cute. I agree. Well, I guess, I guess we can wrap up our Origami King talk. Yeah. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Well, don't get me wrong. Definitely overall positive. Just a, it's just warm. It's fun. It's lighthearted and dense with charm. So I, I definitely can't fault it for anything other than it's occasionally mediocre combat. I would say more often than not, mediocre combat, in my opinion. <laughs> so take that to the full effect of our words. Mm-hmm. If the combat, if 
the combat looks so uninteresting to you that you don't want to bother with it, don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, the, like I said, I've said this a million times in this episode, I think the story is good enough to overcome that, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people on the internet don't think that, and you could be one of those people. Yeah. Oh, I hope I'm not one of those angry people on the internet. I don't know. Absolutely want to be not. Them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Nintendo, for giving us some solid game hours. Now, I still have a ways to go. The question is what's next? Because there's no. Who knows what Nintendo's doing the rest of the year? Are they doing nothing? We have Maybe. no. Do we have any other big games to cover yet this year? The only out? other thing is the second half of the Pokemon DLC. That's all we know of. I ain't getting that. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. We've been discussing some options of going back to some definite Switch Nintendo's, if you will. Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. Just obvious classics that are going to be around for a long time that were out before we even started this podcast. So we'd love to take the opportunity to take a look at some of those as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like I keep saying, I'm always playing something new. Every week I'm literally on something new. Um, And a lot of indie games are coming out, so we'll have more new releases to talk about upon every week. Absolutely. Well, with that said, should we get into a not new release? Absolutely. Let's talk about our Nintendium of the week. All right. So, Brayden, you brought this one up, and it is a definite gem. People love it. People have some opinions on it. Um, We're talking about Super Mario Sunshine on the Nintendo GameCube. Yes, this is a much missed game because you can't really play this game really anywhere other than the GameCube, right? That's true. I think unless you have, unless you're going to do like a ROM hack online, you need the GameCube disc and a GameCube or a Wii. Right, which definitely in this day and age is not only kind of uncommon, but definitely makes things more roundabout for people trying to find copies of this game right and it's it's pretty rare honestly unless you're like a collector uh, this game goes for like anywhere between 60 and 80 dollars online right now mm-hmm. and it's pretty rare if you're going to find someone that's never played it before uh to be like hey play this game that they're going to pay that much for a 15 year old game so this is the what i would consider the like second mainline 3d mario game right. um the first being mario 64 and i see kind of like a line of progression with these games where it's like mario 64 uh, Super Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. uh, Mario 3D World, maybe. Yeah. Mario 3D World is kind of a 2.5D yeah. platformer game, but right. a lot of people kind of consider it the same vein. But the point is, at least maybe of the main three, you got 64, Sunshine, and a Galaxy. So it's mm-hmm. the second game of that 3D Mario trilogy. Which is what... It was a genre of its own and still is with, you know, Odyssey just came out a couple years ago, which definitely carried that mantle on into the Switch age. For sure. But we didn't really know what to expect from Super Mario Sunshine because we'd had this beautiful Super Mario 64, a game like nobody had ever played. And it completely changed gaming. Absolutely. It was a 3D masterpiece at the time. How, how the level would change depending on which star you were going for. You know, they, they definitely carried that over into Super Mario Sunshine, but I don't even know how to describe that correctly. It, it was just such a inspiration to the industry. Right. I think I would also consider Mario Sunshine a direct sequel to 64 because they're just very similar. You know, you kind of have a hub area and then you go into smaller areas to collect a, a big item. 
in Mario 64, it was stars. Right. In Mario Sunshine, it's shine sprites. Mm-hmm. Um, Which were these super cool, like, glamified uh, superstars. Dude, you know? I love shine sprites. Yeah, they're so, so good. I like them more than just the normal stars. Absolutely. And they're very rarely used, if ever, mm-hmm. outside of the GameCube era. It's the same with the Piantas. They put them in like some Mario Kart tracks every once in a while. But, you know, it was a whole race of Mario characters that they created. And And they're cool. Yeah, they're great. And they just left them on the island. They kind of just exist in the GameCube era because I think they're also in like some Mario parties from then and some sports games. I'm pretty sure there's Piantas in like the Mario Super Sluggers, you know, Mm -hmm. the baseball game or whatever. Yeah. I genuinely... the. My favorite thing about Mario Sunshine is is its aesthetic. Absolutely. The hub world, like you said, it felt huge at the time. I was definitely younger then, but so was the gaming industry. And so it, it was a genuinely big world for what we were expecting. And it always felt so full of mystery. And then all of a sudden you turn a quarter and there's a whole new sub world waiting for you. Right. So Super Mario Sunshine, um, unlike Mario 64, added a, a kind of brand new mechanic. That being, what is it, the Flood? Yes, F-L-U-D-D. And it's basically the, a water jetpack that Mario uses because the main kind of antagonist of this game is a Shadow Mario. I that, do think that's what they call him, Shadow Mario. Yeah, and he paints, puts all this goo and sludge if, all over the if, island right if you cover mario in like ink and sludge that would be shadow mario and it's it's all over the place and so mario has to use the flood to um get rid of all of this sludge all over the island right and it has several different powers that you unlock throughout one is kind of just a, a hose that you spray forward and and you know that affects certain enemies certain ways then you have sort of a hover jetpack type thing where it just lifts you up into the air or if you're jumping, it'll allow you to hover. And then the third that I recall is the rocket booster, which it charges up for a second and then it just launches you up in the yeah. air, which all three had really great uses all throughout the different worlds. Mm-hmm. They really implemented all three movements very well. So I guess that's that's pretty much the basis of what mario sunshine is how do you feel about the game i think it's fantastic so interestingly you your favorite part was the aesthetic the beach is not my favorite place in the world just (laughs) hate me in the comments come at me um and so every level is a bit of a beach and so i get a little tired of it after a while but each area each level is so rich in basically Mario lore, you know what I mean? It did feel like they were just creating mini worlds inside this overworld. I don't know, what, what what's your overall impression from the game? Uh, hot take, I don't like this game. I've stunned him, I've stunned him into silence. <laughs> Wait, are you for real? You yeah. have this like smug little smile on your face. I, I don't like this game. Wait, you, you were like, why are we doing this? I we're allowed to have it. It's conversation. I know, no, it makes good podcasting. It definitely. And when does. you said that, and remember, I didn't say I liked it. No, I was just, just like, I have things to say about Mario Sunshine. Yeah, you guess you um, did. I mean, it's not like Funny. I I I couldn't write you an essay about why I don't like it. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried to play it many times. I had it when I was a kid. Uh, I think I bought it twice in my more modern gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I bought it once when I was an earlier teenager, and then I bought it again when I was like a mid teenager, and I can just never get into it. 
I feel like the breath has been knocked out of me. That's so <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. That's hilarious. So what is it the flood? You know what I mean? Is it that sort of reliance on that mechanic? I think so. Um, because I do like 3D Mario's. Uh, I love Galaxy. I love 64. I love Odyssey. Just not Sunshine. Something about the way Mario controls and the way levels are played. I just can't. I just don't dig it. I think it is the flood. Something something about it I just I don't like. The controls can get a little sloppy with the flood. It can be hard to maneuver. And a lot of the game is pretty heavy platforming, I'd say. You're up in the air and one small mistake, you're you're done. You lose a life. Um, and so it, it's a genuinely difficult game, too. There's some incredibly hard platforming levels, especially those secret areas, like if you go into the cave or whatever, uh, you get the acapella Mario <laughs> theme song. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's so interesting that you don't like it. Yeah, it's uh, I don't hate it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's never... It's not a game I'll defend. Um, I'm really hoping, you know, there's been all these rumors online that we're going to get a 3D Mario collection. Right. Who knows if that's going to happen, but I would love it to because I'd love to, I would love to revisit it again. You know, sure. I, I've tried to play it multiple times, but it's it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, taste change. I, I might like it more now, but I've just, I've never, it's never been a game for me. And you know what? That's interesting. I, I do kind of think I like the beginning of the game better. I do think it, it, and maybe I've just spent more time at the beginning of the game because I've started it so many times and probably only finished it once or twice. Right. But uh, so I, I just have really fond memories of the first couple levels and just frustrating memories of the last couple. Yeah. But, but other than that, I mean, I think that's fairly expected for a Mario game too. Yeah. To rope that back into a previous topic, um, I feel almost similarly about the Thousand Year Door because I feel like I've started that game like a hundred times. Uh-huh. So like the first like two areas in that game are just like ingrained in my head, like mm-hmm. positive memories. And then I'll get to the last few and be like, oh, you know, this is, this is difficult. Or, yeah. you know, What a grind. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and I don't want to try and influence you at all. I'm not, no, I'm no. not asking you to be like, admit it, dude, Mario <laughs> sunshine isn't good. Right. Like I think it has its perks. People like it. I'm fine with that. It's just never been for me. Well, you know, and that's a perfect touche to me not liking the 2D Mario games. I know you're not saying you dislike 3D Mario, but I, I've said in previous episodes that just 2D Mario ain't my thing. Right. And and so to each his own, maybe. Dude, how cool is Baby Bowser in this game, though? Right. Is he still Baby Bowser in this game? He's not Bowser Jr. yet? Well, actually, I think he might be Bowser Jr. This might have been our first look at Bowser Jr. Because you know there's actually two different characters? Like, Baby Bowser and Bowser Jr. are two different characters, right, like, canonically. Let's, let's elaborate here. Baby uh, Bowser is Baby Bowser. Bowser Jr. is Bowser's son. Like, there's Baby <laughs> Mario and Baby Luigi and Baby Peach. There's also Baby Bowser, where Bowser was just a baby. Weird. Yes. So... Okay, sorry, that was a big, that was a Dude, big tangent. No, you threw, well, you threw me off there. It makes sense now, but you threw me off. Okay, yeah, but so, yeah, Bowser, it's Bowser Jr. in this one, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, Bowser Jr., this is, I really feel like this is the game where Bowser Jr. kind of, like, was launched into prominence. Right. You know, because he's kind of the main villain in this game, isn't he? He absolutely is. He Shadow Mario is Bowser Jr. Right. <gasps> Spoilers. Ah! <laughs> a little too late to the... To the party on this game, but yeah. if you're if you're worried about spoilers, <laughs> exactly. But but yeah, 
that was a super cool reveal and i always loved bowser jr's music but yeah he bowser jr very quickly became like one of my favorite mario characters and especially the bad guys and you know oh yeah for sure playing like imagination games out in the backyard like i'd be you know i'd be bowser jr <laughs> but you know hey, i loved bowser jr was wearing a face mask before it was cool Ooh, very nice bowser jr has been protected for, for much longer than the rest of us have wear your masks people you know <laughs> coming from nintendo Gems. i guess do you have any like memories with mario sunshine like of playing it or any any just another very memorable character would be uh piranha pd piranha pd piranha there we go yes uh the the giant piranha plant that is like a baby kind of it's on in like a baby bonnet and it cries and you have to that was such a fun boss yeah and so that and, and you fight there's like the return of pd piranha you know and so you fight him a couple times i have very fond memories and again that's kind of that's the first world and so again that's me going back to memories of just playing the beginning stages so many times but do love pd piranha pd piranha is a boss in um in super smash Bros. brawl Ooh, wow. In the, That's a throwback. Yeah, in the uh, in the space... S- subspace in, in, Subspace Emissary mode, yeah. He's like the first boss. Wow. Do you remember I, that? I haven't played that in so long. Where it's it's Mario and, and, and you have to choose... He's got the two cages in his hands and yeah. you have to choose to save Peach or Zelda. That's right. Yeah, you can That's only like save wild. one of them and it decides like who you have in your party earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, and just another connection to Smash Bros. The Flood is Mario's side B attack. Am mm-hmm. I correct in that? And it's trash. Yeah, no, hey, whoa, that is some solid edge guarding right there, man. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. So, I don't know. Don't I get wrecked by Mario on the regular. <laughs> so, so I nothing but respect for Mario players. But, yeah, just another connection to Nintendo right. lore. All right, well, I, I guess that'll about wrap up our conversation on Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Even though I don't like it, it is definitely a gem. Definitely a Nintendo gem. People people love this game. And again, even though I don't like it, no qualms with putting it into the Nintendo Gems Hall of Fame. Uh, that's very that's very respectful of, of you. Of course. Um, right to your congressman. We, uh, let's get this <laughs> released on the Switch. Let's get this remastered, shall we? Right, right to your congressman. Yes. Please, people. All right, guys. Well, it has been a blast from my end. You still okay over there? Yeah, great conversations this week. I I guess that's going to about wrap us up. I just want to say we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are now on YouTube. So you can be sure to subscribe to us there if that's your preferred way to consume podcasts. Yeah, uh, basically searching Nintendo Gems on all those will lead you right to us. We have a pretty unique name, so Google us and you'll find lots of options for listening. Right. You can also follow me personally on Twitter at JakeyWakey. That's JakeyWakey with two Ys at the end of Wakey. Very nice. All right, guys. Well, thank you again so much for listening. My name is Braden. I'm Jake. And this has been Nintendo Gems. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.